Hi everyone, welcome to Welcome to the Gun Show. I am joined by Garrett. Hi everyone. And Tarek. Hello boys and girls. Who's forgotten that he should be doing that voice. Hello doctor. No, no, <laughs> Hello everybody. There we go. Yeah, the, the first in a series of episodes, uh, which are going to happen in no determined order because we don't know which ones we're doing when or like anything else. To, we're not that organized. Um, the series is going to be called What is the Sport Anyway? And uh, today we're doing uh, IPSIC. So what is the sport anyway? IPSIC. See, so you want to lead us into the uh, the history. So IPSIC, um, the International Practical Shooting Confederation, um, which here is overseen by SAPSA, uh, South African Practical Shooting Association, is uh, it, back in the day, it, it had various sort of names. Um, it's the old combat shooting that uh, your, your dad or granddad may have spoken about. Um, and what it is, is it, it, it traces its roots back to the 1950s, uh, where, where Jeff Cooper and, and some other famous names like uh, Jack Weaver and Sal Reed and that were, were playing around with leather slap competitions. And that, long story short, evolved into um, a, a more sort of practical shooting sport. IPSIC itself sort of started in 1976. Um, and it's changed a hell of a lot over the years. And one day I'm going to convince Roger Stockbridge to sit down and chat to us about those changes in a lot more detail. Um, but the sport is, it, it's evolved and it, it, it's become sort of the, the, the easiest way to describe it is is sort of jet dragsters. Uh, so you're, you're driving cars really fast, but they're not necessarily the same sort of cars you drive to work every day. That, uh, that reminds me of the... Uh... The, the grand quote with uh, it's dudes racing each other with handguns. That is um, the best description ever. Well done, yeah. Moist. Now there there is more to IPSIC than just handguns. There are other divisions, uh, other uh, disciplines that are under IPSIC too. But that is that is his description, and it is apt. It is it is the drag racing of the pistol shooting sports, which is pretty cool. Uh, Garrett, it's it's an audio yeah. podcast. That means that you need to talk. If you just sit there and raise your eyebrows in a sexy manner, our listeners don't know what you're doing. <laughs> okay, so then we'll just skip all the history and that, and then we'll get down to the divisions that we get in the, the handgun game. Obviously, we've still got Revolver that exists. I know that here in South Africa, there's not many guys that still compete Revolver. We've got production, which is, or was, is, kind of still is your off-the-shelf 9 more pistols. Then you've got standard division, which has major scoring. So most guys are shooting like a STI 2011. I'm competing with a Glock and we're shooting 40s for that major scoring. You've got classic, which is literally your classic guns, your 1911 single stack guns based on the Colts or that initial Colt platform. And then you've got open, which is the real race division where there's compensators, lots of gas, very fast nine more bullets and a lot of fun with all the ammo in the world. And that will get you through the, the divisions of the game. Uh, okay. That's our uh, one-hour show done. Ladies and gentlemen, see you next week on Welcome to Welcome to the Gun Show. <laughs> so, so we maybe unpack those di those divisions in a little bit more detail. Yeah, we so, can. So I'll, I'll, I'll hop in here. and uh, So IPSIC is interesting because of the way that the scoring works, which is quite different to, to some of the other handgun sports out there. Um, some of the others use, use a points-down system where for every 
thing that you don't hit in the top score area, you get time added to your score. So it's a it's a time plus system for many things. Um, Ipsic is quite unique in using a hit factor based system to to work out score, which is effectively the number of points that you shot on a stage by hitting targets in, in various scoring zones divided by the time it took you to do that, which means there's not just a an incentive to be accurate. There's also a great incentive to be fast, uh, where other sports tend to uh, over sort of, I don't even know how to say it. The, they would the, sort the, of lean more towards the accuracy side of things. Exactly. The need for accuracy is above all in, in some of the other sports where Ipsic really strives for a good balance in order to be, uh, to be successful. The easiest way to understand hit factor scoring, the, the sort of simplest way to consider it is hit factor scoring is how many points you shoot per second. So when you take that score divided by time, it gives you points per second. So on an IPSC target, that sort of turtle-shaped one that we shoot at, the middle zone, the A zone, is always worth five points. Um, the, the next zone out, uh, the C zone, and there used to be a B zone a very, very long time ago when the targets had heads, but that's changed a long time ago. The C zone, if you're scoring major, and we'll discuss how that works just now, if you're scoring major, that's worth four points, and if you're scoring minor, that's worth three points. And then the outer sort of rim of the target, the D zone, the delta, is worth two points in major and one point in minor. So if you shoot an A and a C and it took you 10 seconds, you've got eight points on the target, we, or two seconds, let's give a slightly better sort of uh, <laughs> thing there. So you shot an A and a C in two seconds. Uh, we do score divided by time and you get a hit factor if you're shooting a minor gun of four, which means you shot four points per second. Uh, and the more points per second you shoot, the better you, you scored on that stage. So it's a it's a really, it's a slightly more complicated system than the time plus systems, but I think it gives you a much better idea of that balance between speed and accuracy. Uh, and a lot of people make the mistake of thinking that, that Ipsic's all about speed, it's all about how fast you can shoot. And if you're not shooting the score, you know, zero, you know, if you've got a score divided by time, if you've got a score of zero and you divide that by any time on the planet, what you get is always a zero. Uh, so it, it's balancing how, how well you've shot, uh, you know, how accurately you've shot as well as how fast you've shot. I think something else to add to that, even though the, the penalty in Ipsic for shooting a less than ideal portion of the target is not that substantial, it can hurt you. Don't don't get me wrong. Um, you don't need to always be shooting the top points in order to do well, as long as you go really fast. However, that needs to be balanced because misses are very costly. Which means you can't just Ricky Bobby it and say I'm just going to fling rounds in that general direction in the interest of being fast, because you don't just lose the points that you could have earned by hitting the target. There's an additional penalty for failing to hit the target which is, that wrecks your score. Um, so to, yeah, so to, to kind of, yeah. If you look at the, the points on, on scored errors, which is something like a mic or a no shoot, or both. Mike being a miss. Yeah, yeah, a miss. Um, if you shoot a miss, you get penalized 10 points for the miss, and you also lose out on the possible five points you could have gotten by actually hitting the target. So that's minus 15 points. Uh, no shoot, which is, 
I don't know how you would describe it any more than a no shoot. It's, a, it's um, a, people normally think of a hostage target. Yep. Yeah, that's a good description of it. If you shoot that, that's minus minus ten points automatically. If you end up having, for example, an alpha miss no shoot, you've ultimately cost yourself fifteen points on the on the miss and an additional ten points on the no shoot. So um, scored errors, whether it's a mic or a no shoot, will be very costly to your your hit factor in the long run. Yeah. Or on that if, stage, if we look at the guys winning matches, yeah, contrary to popular belief they're generally shooting a lot of alphas. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it's not a case of, as Gary says, you can't just spray bullets and, and, and hope to get some, as Corneau said, can't spray bullets and hope to hope to win. Um, what you've got to do is you've got to, you've got to balance that sort of speed and accuracy. So if you've shot, and we, uh, just some basic maths, and we won't go deep into the maths because that gets really boring. But if you shoot two alphas in two seconds, so you've shot 10 points in two seconds, we take... 10 divided by 2, we get a hit factor of 5. If you shoot two, if you're shooting major, so it's four points, and you shoot two Charlies, which is eight points, and you do that in a second, well, now we go eight divided by four by one, and we've got a sorry, eight divided by yeah, eight divided by one, and we've got a hit factor of eight. So you were you you were faster, you were slightly less accurate, but you were faster. So your hit factor is better because you shot more points per second. If you shot an alpha and a mic, well, that means on that on the potential 10, 10 points on that target, we've shot five, we've got minus 10, and we've missed 15. So we've basically we, we, we can't get a negative, fortunately. So you're gonna score, you're gonna score zero um, on that target. As a and that's obviously across the stage, but that's a really, really simplified sort of way of looking at it. Um, it's not it's not as complicated as as, as people make out, make it out. Um, understanding the basics of hit factor scoring, but it does give you a really good idea of your sort of as I say your points per second. Your you know, um, and then when that's compared, what happens is on every stage, whoever in your division had the best hit factor um, gets a hundred percent of the points available on that stage. Um, so. Every every bullet you fire is potentially worth five points. Um, if it's a thirty-two round stage, there's potentially one hundred and sixty points on that stage. It may take you seventy-five rounds to get all of them, but there's a there's a potential of because we only score the best two on paper. Um, there's a potential of 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 one hundred and one hundred and sixty points. If you get the best hit factor on that stage, you're gonna get. 160 points. If I shoot, if you sh shot that stage with a four hit factor, and I shoot that stage with a two hit factor, I'm gonna, I've got 50% of your hit factor. I'm gonna get 50% of those points. So you've got 160 points. I'm gonna get 80 points. Uh, and then all those stages are added up, and that's how we get the overall winner per division. Uh, um, it, once again, it's, it can sound a little bit more complicated than it is, but if you actually sit down and look at it or you come through to a match and someone talks you through it and you don't need to know how any of this works when you shoot the stage, uh, when you shoot the stage, it's really simple. What you need to do is shoot alphas really fast. Um, but when you shoot the stage, you don't need to be thinking about that. It, it's something nice to know as to why you finished in the in the results where you did. So something that Tarek said there that, that is important to highlight about IPSEC is we typically do not have a limit on the number of rounds we're allowed to fire. Now there is Never this thing. In Ipsic. Well, Constantly. isn't there some? There used to Ipsic, be a thing called Virginia. Virginia count. count. So, sorry to interrupt, but Ipsic no, scoring is based on something called Comstock. 
Um, and I, for the life of me, can't remember where that comes from, but I think it was someone's name. And that's where the hit factor thing comes from. Virginia count was a thing that we used to have back in the dark old days. And that was where there was a maximum round count. So if it was a 32 round stage, you didn't, I don't think it generally happened on 32 round stages, but if it was a 32 round stage, you could only shoot 32 rounds. And there was a penalty for any excess shots fired. Uh, Ipsic's gotten rid of that. USPSA, which is the American... So while South Africa has SAPSA, um, America has USPSA, and USPSA has a different rule book to the rest of us. Um, their divisions are a little bit different. They're, some of their rules are a little bit different. But one of the things they've still kept is Virginia count stages. Um, we don't have them anymore. So all Ipsic stages are now Comstock. Sorry. No, no, no. It's it's good that we 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 clarify that because I knew that we we used to have them. I didn't realize that it was. I mean, I've I've never shot a Virginia count stage in the time that I've shot Ipsic, but I didn't realize that the competition rules now excluded them from being possible. Um, I, I just assumed that it was just the people are being sensible and we're just doing Comstock because yeah, no, you know, good stuff. IDPA still has a variation of that sort of Virginia count thing, and you know the problem with it is it. It, yes, it, it, it makes you ensure that every round counts, but it also means that if anything goes wrong, you can't fix it. And it also means that if you call a shot off, so if, if you're an experienced shooter who's gone, shit, something went wrong with that shot, and you immediately fill it in um, or make it up for our American listeners, uh, you get punished uh, because you weren't supposed to fix your mistake. Um, so, yeah, IPSEC doesn't have it anymore. Uh, USPSA still does. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, that's that's good stuff. Um, so we do not have a round limit per stage. Uh, there there is a minimum number of rounds that it will require to shoot it. Uh, that is printed on the uh, on the stage brief. But you can fire as many rounds as you need to to finish the stage. Um, something else that IPSIC is different to IDPA in is. And maybe IDPA has so many rule changes that I can't keep up, but I haven't shot it in a couple of years. So maybe this has changed. But IDPA used to, and might still be, that you couldn't do a mag change when you wanted to, um, unless you stowed the mag. So Epsic doesn't have that. You can drop mags on the floor. You can do a reload anywhere you feel like. You can decide which order you approach the stage in. So there's, there's no specified order that you that you're allowed to shoot the stage in and there's no target priority there's no need to shoot targets from closest to furthest there's no need to uh to use cover when engaging targets so you don't need to like pie around a corner and engage the targets that you see uh in the order that you see them until you've eventually cleared that we just do it in whichever order we think is going to be the fastest um so if, if you to, to give you a sort of a you're going to go shoot your first match or your first ipsic match uh, when you get to the stage, uh, the range officer will uh, read you the stage briefing. Uh, you know, it'll generally be along the lines of welcome to stage seven. My name's Tarek. I like long walks on the beach. Um, I'll be your range officer. And then they'll go, this is a 12-round short course. So um, that means that there's a minimum of 12 rounds. Or, uh, I mean, that, I'm, I'm probably not giving you the official way they read it, but this is how it often happens. Um comprising of four IPSC targets, two IPSC poppers, and two IPSC plates. You'll start standing anywhere in the demarcated area, and it'll normally here, it'll normally be sort of red brandering 
um, making a little shape on the ground that you were to stay in. So it'll either be start anywhere in, the, in here or you'll start with one hand touching this or a foot touching this or they'll tell you how you need to start. And then on the start signal, you shoot them like you see them. So you've, you've, got, you've got to decide the most efficient way um, to shoot that stage, bearing in mind of getting, you, you want to get the highest hit factors. You want to shoot the most points in the least amount of time. So you, you want to um, be as obviously as efficient as possible. You want to waste as little time as possible um, while shooting the best score. Um, you'll generally at a match, you'll normally get about five minutes as a squad to make up, uh, you may, to, to make up a little plan for your stage um, and, and see how you want to approach it. Um, and then you'll, when you're, when you're, when the shooter before you is done, you'll get one last chance to walk through, um, obviously without a gun in your hand, just air gunning it. Uh, and then you'll, you'll shoot the stage and you get one go at the stage. So there's no do-overs if, if your gun has a malfunction. There's no do-overs if you have a brain fart or if you trip um, going through the doorway, Gaz, or if you fall through the barricade, Derek. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, and then the stage, they'll, they'll, the, the rage officer will get you to unload your gun and show clear and holster it up. And then they'll score your stage. So they'll check where your scores are, you know, where, where you've scored on the targets, um, check the time on the timer. Uh, and the timer picks up the last shot fired. That's the time that they, they use. Um, and then now, because it's the 21st century, that generally gets plugged into a tablet uh, and magic happens. And then we have scores. Uh, <laughs> That's my understanding of IT. Uh, so you, there, there is very little um, telling you what you can and can't do. Uh, the, 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 the sport has rules about you You can't leave the, the area, which is one of the things where we're also different to USPSA. So be careful if you're watching videos of American shooters at American matches. Um, you may see them doing things we're not allowed to do. You may see them leaving the shooting area um, and coming in on a shortcut, uh, we we can't do that. We, we're, there, there, there are sort of times where your feet can touch the ground outside the shooting area, but it gets quite sort of complicated and technical. So as a general rule, you can't step out the shooting area and step in somewhere else. Um, and whereas in USPSA, you can do that. So be, be aware of that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, you've, you've got to deal with whatever the shooting situation is. And it's not a scenario. It's not meant to replicate any sort of kilt on the streets thing. It's a shooting challenge. Um, how fast can you shoot these targets in this sort of setup? Uh, Eric doesn't and, understand IPSC at all. <laughs> not at all. He's never shot an IPSC. You woke up at night. You heard a funny noise. Luckily for you, you have your speed rig and your open gun on at the moment. Bad news. Never got switched on. Back in the day, Ipsic had that. I know. In the very early days, Ipsic also had scenarios, and some people are still upset that they took them away. Uh, I'm kind of glad, just as a personal sort of editorializing, I'm kind of glad it stopped trying to pretend to be anything else. Um, here's some targets. Shoot these ones. Don't shoot those ones. Um, be safe. Be fast. And obviously, the safety rules remain. You know, those those are those are non-negotiable. Um, and and IPSC is quite unforgiving of a safety infringement. Um, as a general rule, most almost all safety infringements, in fact, pretty much all of the serious ones, um, you don't get a warning. You get a disqualification. You get what we call a DQ, where you pack up your shit and your day of shooting is done. 
Um, so if you take more than one step with your finger on the trigger and you're not aiming at a target, if you break what we call the 90 or the 180, depending on where you talk, who you're talking to, um, you know, if you sweep, if you if you point your gun at your hand um, while you're running along, or, or even worse, pointed at the RO or one of your other competitors, your day is done. Um, there's no oops, don't do that again. I'm really sorry. Or final warnings. It's that's it. Uh, and when you when you're shooting in a match you're really glad that there's rules like that uh, because it keeps you and everyone else in your squad safer. Um, yep, absolutely. Um, Derek got something wrong in his description there, though. He said, even worse, you pointed at the RO. What he meant was, even worse, you pointed at me. <laughs> well, yeah. Unless, unless I am the RO, in which case, I guess, <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> um, so, Ipsic is is... As we said, it's it's the drag racing of the shooting world. The whole point is to go as fast as possible while being as accurate as needed. Sometimes you can sacrifice uh, on some of the, the silly stand-in-a-box, shoot these things really fast things. Some guys do end up sacrificing a little bit of accuracy because they absolutely demolish everyone else on speed. Um, still doesn't mean they, can't, they, they can shoot mics and, and win, but some of the guys are amazingly fast. Um, Unless you've been to an EPSIC match and you've seen some of the uh, top guys shoot, T? Yeah, I mean, it's the the, the pace guys are running stuff at Corneo's uh, 100% right. If you, if, if you watch a, a top shooter, you watch a gas shoot um, and, and you'll see people doing things in times. If, you've, if you haven't shot this sport, you probably won't believe it possible. Um, I mean, I've seen Gaz draw and shoot a, an alpha in the middle of the target in 0. 0.47 of a second. Um, now, he can't do that all the time, so he sucks. Uh, but I've seen him do that in a match on the clock. Um, so, yeah, the, the pace guys are running at is just amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I think what the guys are learning to do, and they're pushing the limits, that's how they're learning all these things and We've lost carrying them, on. Yeah, he says we must keep talking. He did send a message. Um, so I think with the guys pushing the limits on, on equipment and their abilities, they're continually learning new things and they evolve in the game without realizing it. So that the game keeps stepping up and it's it's continued to evolve to what it is today from when it started years and years and years ago. The guys are doing more. The equipment's changed. The equipment's, a lot of the equipment and guns have adjusted to to suit the sport. Manufacturers are now building guns to suit the sport better. And um, that's that's a very interesting part of the sport, and we could talk about that for hours. Uh, I think it might be worthwhile starting to talk about power factor and major versus minor scoring. They are related. Um, power factor is essentially um, a sum, if you will, or an equation of the velocity of your bullet. And that specific equation is going to be your bullet weight multiplied. I forgot what the formula is. Yeah. So it's your bullet weight in grains, um, yes. not grams, grains, uh, multiplied by your velocity in feet per second divided by a thousand. Yeah, that's the correct formula. Um, and that's going to give you your power factor. And now some divisions or handgun divisions have different power factors, but in any division, your minimum power factor is going to be 125 uh, for minor scoring. and for your standard 
revolver and classic major scoring it's going to be a minimum power factor of 170 and for open it's going to be a minimum power factor of 160 for major scoring now we we briefly touched on major versus minor scoring earlier t do you want to let us know how that relates to the power factors so as we said if, if you shoot the a zone the alpha the middle of the target uh, that's always worth five points as long as as long as your ammo makes that minimum 125 power factor that will always be five points if you shoot the c zone the outer zone it's four points for a major and three points for minor the d zone two points for major one point for minor so what happens is with with minor scoring will punish you a lot harder uh, for less accurate shots um, so major scoring is a little bit more forgiving of of shots that uh, aren't aren't hitting the a zone uh, and and as you go out it's, it, it punishes you more but it, it it's always you know a d in, in in major is worth twice what a d in minor is worth uh, you know, as Steve Anderson always kind of points out, a minor D is uh, is little more than a, an unscored miss. Um, you know, it's a miss without the minus ten points. Um, so, what that means is, and 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 the idea behind that comes from from sort of a bit of an archaic idea back in the day when the sport started, that that those sort of calibers are more powerful and, and better at stopping people when when it was when it was about that. Uh, and that minor guns were easier to shoot, but less powerful, so that we'd penalise you a little bit more for uh, for you know shots that that didn't go straight in the middle. Um, as as we as we have it now, uh, there are some divisions. Production division, which is the biggest division worldwide, is all minor. So no matter what happens, you you can't you don't. There is no major scoring in production. Um, it's always and production scoring. optics, I think. and production optics. Yeah, uh, so th- those divisions are, are always scored as minor, um, and that we're seeing, you know, internationally in a lot of countries where you can't reload. Um, nine mils a lot easier to get, um, and if you're traveling to matches, it's it's easier to to buy nine mil in a lot of places. It's easier to tra- travel with nine mil, so that's a big part of why those divisions have become so so popular. But they do they are less forgiving um, when it comes to accuracy. Uh, major in in all divisions except open requires a minimum caliber of forty, so you can't shoot nine mil major in a standard gun or a classic gun. Um, there is a little carve out for 357 SIG because of countries like Australia where they have some weird sort of caliber restrictions. Um, but as a general rule, you, you can't sh- take a, a 9 mil 2011 and shoot major in standard. Uh, you are allowed to do that in open, uh, but there are, there is a bullet weight minimum and, and that sort of thing. Um, and in most divisions it, where there is major and minor scoring, it's generally considered that you need to be shooting major to be uh, be really competitive. Um, classic is a strange one because in classic you can have eight round magazines if you're shooting major and ten round magazines if you're shooting minor. So a lot of people find that that 25% increase in capacity is worth more than the extra scoring. You know, um, you know, in Ipsic is a, we, we have a maximum of nine rounds in an aperture. So from one position, we can't force you to shoot more than nine rounds. You can shoot more than nine rounds, but we can't. They can't set up targets that you you have to fire eleven from one spot. 
so with that nine round thing, if you're shooting an, an 11 round classic gun, you've got two spares. If you're shooting a nine round classic gun, you've got no spares. If that, if they put a nine and a nine together, you're going to do a standing reload with a major gun, um, which we see it, it's, it's happened here often enough that the classic major is very few guys are shooting it. And, and, and I don't think anyone in the super squad or any of the very serious guys are shooting classic major, um, which is a bit of a pity, but it's one of those things. Standard, most of the guys, you know, and Gaz can talk about that a little bit more, but most of the guys in standard, especially at the higher levels, are shooting major guns because of that, that scoring advantage. Um, and then open, because of the, the, the way the compensators work, the hotter ammo makes the comp work better anyway. So uh, also all the serious guys there are shooting um, major. If you don't make that declared power factor, because at big matches, they check that. They, they shoot around, they shoot rounds over a chronograph. They do the sums. If you declare major and your ammo doesn't make that power factor, you score minor for that match. Um, and if you don't make the minor power factor, you don't get a score for that match. So uh, you can't just shoot powder puff loads. The, the minimum caliber is nine more. Um, and you need to make those, uh, those power factors. And to top that off, um, the majority of us in South Africa, I think, are reloading. Um, we're not running factory ammo or something like that. So what we typically do is, for example, for minor um, power factor, you need to make minimum 125. We'll load our ammunition to make more than that. We'll make between 130 and 135 power factor so that we have a safety margin for things like weather, altitude, and possibly even the equipment at the match that's going to measure your ammo, the chronograph, and those kinds of things. So we do we do go over 125. You just have to meet a minimum of 1. 125 power factor for minor, for example. And that's an important point. You, you, if, if you're going to your first level three or something where, where this is happening, where if you're working on a load, don't try and make a load that makes 125. Uh, because your chrono right might read a little bit higher than the chrono at the day on the day of nationals. It might be hotter or colder, and depending on your powder, that could increase or decrease velocity. Um, you know, it it could be you know the, the altitude could be different. There's a whole there's a whole lot of things that can happen where that 125 load becomes a 120 load or a 123 load. Uh, so as Gaz says, most of us, except for Gaz, who seems to try and load everything to major, most of us try and load 130 or 135 so that you have a, a safety margin, um, so that you're not uh, you're not getting getting bombed out there. There's also a benefit in uh, in actually shooting ammo that's slightly hotter. Um, the benefits of shooting ammo that is that is like at power factor is you have to deal with less recoil. Um, but honestly, the difference between 125 and 135 power factor in terms of dealing with recoil i don't even know if i truly notice in a match environment maybe if i'm shooting groups and i'm i'm not trying to go fast and I'm, I'm i might notice the difference but in a match like gonna make no difference to me as a shooter however shooting like falling steel things like uh like poppers or Grant's activators <laughs> yeah grant can tell you all about this stuff uh shooting <laughs> shooting targets that that need to fall down um specifically poppers which can be quite heavy. Um, you, you have a better chance of knocking them over with the first round if your ammo is a little bit hotter. Now, in theory, if you're at 125, those should always fall over because they should be calibrated like 120 or something to that effect. Uh, in reality, that doesn't always happen. But we also have something called activator targets. 
where shooting down a popper will activate or make some other target appear or start moving. Um, having something that, that knocks that thing down with a little bit more power, so it goes down a little bit faster, uh, is is there is advantages to that. Um, now, if you're if you're super slick like Gaz and Terry, sometimes you can hit that thing twice in rapid succession and get it to go down really quickly for a really fast activation. But not everyone is, is able to do that, especially when there is a little bit more difficulty in, in the activator target. I mean, if you're shooting a, a popper target at 25 meters to get something to activate, hotter ammo is going to do you more favors than trying to double that. And something to bear in mind as well is 125 is is the bottom end of, of nine more. So often the guns aren't running as well. Um, the, the accuracy is not always quite as good. Uh, you know, guys get like sort of a bit sort of wrapped around the axle about trying to have the softest possible shooting load. And after that buzzer goes, and you know, yes, you're going to feel the difference between a, a full power major load and a, and a 130 power factor minor load. Um, you know, full power 40 or 45 is going to feel different to mid range 9 mil. But yeah, the difference between bottom of the end 9 mil and mid range 9 mil. If you're feeling that in a stage, you're concentrating on the wrong thing, um, or you need to uh, eat more oats in the morning. <laughs> yeah, and if we come back to divisions quickly, and we 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 sort of covered production in a fair amount of detail, we can come back to the technicalities of that. But if we talk about standard with its major and minor power factor ability, the vast majority of guys competing in standard are shooting major power factor. And they, they, there have been some guys who have shot nine mil in the standard division very successfully. Um, it is more difficult or challenging to be competitive with a nine mil in standard division as opposed to the 40, just for that, that points difference. And more often than not, the guys who are shooting major power factor are shooting at the same, if not a very similar speed to what the nine mils can produce. That being said, standard division requires your gun fit in a box. Uh, I can't remember the dimensions exactly. Do you perhaps know T? No, but it's it's about the size of a roughly it's the size of a Cocktail Lock 1911 with a bumper pad on the mag. Um, so it's 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 a service pistol sized gun. Um, if you picture a Glock 34 or Glock 35 in your head, that's a gun designed to fit in the box kind of perfectly. Um, and with that, um, there's no magazine capacity limit in standard. So on the 40, uh, for my, in my Glock, for example, I'll have 17 rounds in the mag. I know some 2011s are getting to like 19 or 20 rounds in a mag, and they're still managing to fit the box. Nine mils much the same. The guys are also getting anything between 19 and 22 rounds, I would guess, on the gun. Um, and that gun still fits. So they get a little bit more capacity than the 40s, but they, they still end up more often than not reloading in a similar position to where the guys running 40 with less rounds would reload their guns anyway. That's just something to keep in mind. So I'll, I'll read the box dimensions quickly and then I'll pick up on what you said. So the box is 225 millimeters by 150 millimeters by 45 millimeters. It's not, it's not a ginormous area to fit a gun in. Um, which means you need to be selective on what you can put on the gun. Like you're you're limited in in magazine length by rule anyway. Um, but no, not you're in also standard. not in standard. 140 mil. No. As long as the gun fits the box. See that okay. that USPSA has a 140 millimeter mag limit. In, uh, so they measure the magazine. 
Uh, IPSC, which is where we generally earn an STI, or 2011, you're going to use 126 mil mag. Um, it just has to fit the box. USPSA's version of standard, which they call limited, has no box. Um, basically, roughly, their, their limited rule is it's a gun without a comp and an without an optic with a 140 millimeter or shorter magazine. Uh, for us, for standard, remember back in the day, IPSC only had one division. In the early days, guys kind of used their carry guns. Uh, it was 1911s and running high powers and revolvers and, and that sort of thing. Uh, and that kind of developed um, when, uh, who was it? Uh, John Shaw started shooting with a pin gun with a barrel weight. Then guys started running comps. Then Chip McCormick started, I think it was Chip McCormick, started running a 38 Super with a comp because you could get one or two extra rounds in a, in a single stack mag. Uh, and then Jerry Barnard pitched up at a USPSA Nationals one year with a dot on his gun. Um, but for the longest time, there was one division, and that division was what we now know as open. Um, standard was kind of introduced, and you'll have to forgive me on the date, but it was in the 90s, um, as I recall, I think early 90s, as, a, as that, as a standard gun. Um, what, what we kind of, I think the idea originally, and as I say, I think this is a bit before my time, was kind of what the idea originally was with production, was to have a, a more sort of mainstream pistol. Um, so hence why Ipsix got the box. USPSA is treated limited. Um, and I don't know if it's always been like this, but currently it treats it as, as more of a racy division, like an open gun. Um, but yeah, there's no mag, there's no mag limit. You're limited by what you can fit in the box. That's it, yeah. Which means you need to be selective in what you can stick on the gun. Uh, so things like frame weights, uh, things like thumb rests, uh, mag wells, extended safeties, and things are are all legal, uh, as are because there's a width, like, yeah, because there's a width limit as well in that box. Yeah, that's a three-dimensional. That 40, 45 millimeter 45. max, um, which means that you need to be very selective. Sometimes you need to sacrifice something in favor of something else. Um, things like you may need to sacrifice your uh, your preferred sights to get your slightly longer magazine in the box. So you need slightly lower sights. Or the opposite, you might need to go with one round less of ammo so that you can have the sights that you prefer. Uh, so it's a bit of a balancing act which is one of the reasons why standard is so exciting uh, because it's, it's not just the guy shooting the gun. It's also how you, you fit the gun to yourself and, and the way that you shoot. Uh, so Gaz mentioned that uh, the, the guys who are shooting major in standard are generally shooting at roughly the same pace that the guys shooting um, minor guns are shooting at. Uh, it, they might not be exactly as fast, but they're pretty damn close. And some of the, the really top guys looking Gaz um, might actually be faster shooting as 40 than you are shooting your nine in pretty much every circumstance. Um, the Gaz, Gaz is almost definitely faster shooting a 40 than almost everyone listening to this is shooting them uh, shooting a nine. Um, yep. Gaz is not faster shooting a 40 than Gaz is shooting a nine. Though. Yep, uh, that, that's true. But, but when you're shooting a nine in that division, you've got to be more careful about shooting alphas. Uh, yep, and that's the balance people forget. So the gun, the gun shoots slightly faster but it hurts you more for not hitting the A zone. So, yeah, sorry. Yeah. So what happens there is even though you can shoot slightly faster splits, so the, the amount of time you take between trigger presses, ultimately, um, you can do that slightly faster with, with a minor gun in general. Uh, but the problem is that people who are shooting minor guns generally slow themselves down a little bit because they have to guarantee better score. Um, so they end up shooting the same pace or slightly slower than the guys shooting 
shooting standard major. Um, the other thing to consider there is the the difference between 18 or 19 or 20 rounds of major ammo and 21, 22, 23 rounds of, of minor ammo makes no real difference in um, in standard. And that's just because of that nine rounds per aperture rule. You're so far beyond the maximum that they can force you to do that it doesn't really matter. It, it's a lot more of a balancing act in in classic where you need to where you need to make space to reload. With standard, if you're like loading beyond 15 rounds, you don't have to make space to reload. There is space to reload. Like you might need to plan it a little bit, but you don't need to do any slick move to try and do it in like three quarters of a step. Um, you'll have space. Um, that shouldn't hold. Yeah. And so essentially to close off standard division, it's a division where you, you're, you're not limited to the modifications that you can do on the gun, provided it still fits the box, except for the fact that you can't have any electronic sighting systems on the gun, whether it's a laser or a dot, and you can't have any barrel porting on it. You can lighten the slide and do slide milling and those kinds of things. But you may not port the, the barrel and you may not have any electronic systems on the gun. Other than that, if it fits the box, you basically free to do what you want to the gun. So the the equipment rule in terms of uh, holsters and allied equipment is the same for all divisions except open. Um, everyone else, standard included, needs to have essentially the firearm on their dominant hip, and they need to have their magazines. Well, so the, the rule is that that all equipment needs to be behind the front portion of your hip bones is the official rule. But that essentially means that your gun will be on your dominant side hip and your first magazine that you can access will be on your weak side hip and everything will run backwards from there. Uh, open is slightly different. They they can move the guns forward of their hip bones and they can move the, uh, the magazines forward, uh, which some of the guys seem to think give them a bit of an advantage, which... I can believe looking at the difference between me drawing from from strong side and drawing from appendix. I, I'm a bit faster from appendix, um, generally. Yeah, it's, the only the only rule that carries across on allied equipment, I think, is that 50 millimeters away from your waist. That's for all divisions. Yeah. yeah. The only that's difference is open is you can have stuff in front of your hip bones. Yeah. And that's another area where where IPC and USPSA differ. Um, USPSA, as I understand it, limited and open have the same sort of holster rules. Um, and then production, not only is it behind your hip, but you can't use a, a race holster like we do. It has to have be a holster with a body. And I think their, their version of classic single stack is the same. Single stack um, also has to have a, a and, and non carry system. objects as opposed and to our yeah. production object. Um, yeah. Production is probably the, actually, production is not probably, production is the biggest division in the world by quite a big margin. Um, and, and the production rules are, uh, also, iron sighted pistols, um, no single action cocked and locked style pistols, <coughs> alien. Um, so it either needs to be a striker fired gun like a Glock or an MP or something like that, or it needs to be a double action first shot gun um, with the first shot fired with the hammer down. So that's a CZ 75 or, or derivative, a, uh, a Beretta 92, something like that. Um, Caliber minimum nine mil, and everyone scores major a minor, so there's no advantage whatsoever to shooting a caliber that's not nine mil. Uh, maximum capacity limit of fifteen um, in IPSC production. USPSA production is ten. Um, IPSC production is fifteen, uh, which is is nice. It kind of gives it a a slightly closer to standard dynamic, um, and the gun doesn't have to fit a box or anything. But there's a maximum barrel length of five inches. So 
uh, a Glock 34. And this is one of those things we need to be careful if you're outside of the US and you want to get in the sport and you go, oh, what gun? And I've seen it happen here where guys are going to a gun shop and said, oh, I want to buy a gun for production. And the guy in the gun shop seen someone in the States shooting a Glock 34 in production and sold him one and the barrel's too long and it's not legal for production here. So maximum barrel length, first shot double action, trigger pull, double action, five pounds, single action, three pounds, which is a new change, which is a really good one. Um, and there's not a hell of a lot you can change on the gun. You can, um, they've loosened it up a little bit now, but the guns are, are not hugely modified. Um, most popular guns there are things like Shadow 2s and, and uh, Tanfo Stock 2s, that sort of thing. Big heavy guns with, with light triggers. You know, guys have done great work. World shoots have been won with polymer guns, that sort of thing. Uh, a lot of guys start out in production because for a lot of us, uh, especially getting into the sport, the gun you own already is probably legal for production. Um, you know, if you've got a Glock 19 or a CZP07 or a Beretta 92 APX or whatever, um, chances are, unless you've modified it, you can probably shoot production with it. Uh, so very popular division, very competitive division. Um, and then we have uh, production optics, which is pretty much the same rule set, except you're in the 21st century and you have a dot on your slide. Um, and then we have production optics light, which is what production optics should have been, which is a dot on your slide and a gun that weighs under a kilogram. Aside from that, the rules are almost identical to production. Um, with minor changes related to how you can fit the optic. Just yeah, something <clears throat> just to clarify the um, capacity limit Eric mentioned is it's a 15 round capacity limit in the magazine. So if you've got a loaded start, you can have 15 in the magazine plus one in the chamber. Mm. So you can have 16 on the gun and a start signal. Um, <clears throat> forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I'll jump in there while, while, while you remember. Um, just something to be careful of is uh, you can't look at the requirements for a production gun, things like five-inch barrel, and go, my gun has a five-inch barrel, I can shoot that in, in production. Production has an approved list. Mm. Oh, that's um, it. Damn very it. important. Check, check. Uh, sorry, guys, do you want to pick up from there? No, yeah. no, no. No, no, you go check, for it. That was it. Check, check the list. Um, I had to wait with a Gen 5 Glock when they came out. I bought one for production, and uh, then I could shoot it at club matches, but I couldn't shoot it at any higher level matches because it wasn't legal. Um, to the point where I ended up shooting it in standard because that's where I could shoot it. Um, that didn't take super long to get corrected. Like it got onto the list and I could shoot production with it. But uh, just just be aware of that. If you have some some oddball limited production run weirdo gun that technically makes the list but isn't on the list, that might still be a problem. Um, well, even if you're just unsure whether it makes the, the, that production list or not, just go have a look. There's some interesting things on there, some stuff I didn't know existed that are on the production list. Yeah, so. there's some weird stuff yeah. in there. It's a good and read. There's some, there's some interesting stuff that's excluded. Um, you know, like uh, a couple of, of European wholesalers have had limited runs of, of shadows done, uh, and you'll have this one's legal and this one isn't. Um, you know, the so... As I said, those rules have, have loosened up um, for a long time. You weren't allowed any aftermarket parts, and you're going to accept basically sight scripts and magazines. Um, and to stop a whole lot of people who were cheating some accidentally, some on purpose, from being from, from actually cheating, they've loosened up on those rules a little bit. They've allowed – you still can't do a trigger job, but you can change some parts on that um, in the gun, uh, which I think was a good thing. You can now refinish the gun – which, especially in a country like ours, where replacing guns is a, is a challenge, makes a lot of sense. Um, 
And you know what? They're sport guns. People like to to kind of put their little individual touch on them. Uh, so production, I don't see it. I, I know in the as I understand in the US, production is becoming less and less popular. Um, but I think for the rest of the world, and I think partially because of the 15-round thing, and I think also just partially because of legislation, um, it, in most of the world, production is our, our biggest division. Um, and, and as I say, by a big margin, if you, you especially you look at the European matches, uh, production is, is really big. Production optics is growing at a, at a hell of a rate um, because there's 2020 people. Um, standard, unfortunately, it's a great division. Um, I, I think a lot of people just the, the, the cost in that of shooting 40, um, and you really do, you really are kind of looking at 40 to be competitive. Um, it, it's a lot more expensive than shooting nine more, and for a lot of people, that that becomes a factor. Um, and, and I think typically in standard, it's not only an ammo expense. Typically, the guns are more expensive in standard as well. Yeah, for the uh, most, the vast majority of what people, the brand or the make that people are shooting is more expensive than, uh, than sort of a production setup. Yeah, you know, if you if you think, and that's a really good point. If you if, if, and 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 there's a lot of guns that can be competitive, but the quintessential production gun to most people is a shadow two and i think a shadow two now is about 25 grand um the quintessential standard gun to most people is something like an sti edge which is probably 40 50 grand now um if you can find with, one 50 yeah with a thousand rand magazines as opposed to 400 rand magazines or 600 rand magazines or whatever shadow mags cost now so the the cost of ownership the cost of running standard and it's a great division um but it is a little bit more expensive. I think that's a big part of why production is popular. Classic is an yeah. Sorry, T-Bag. Something else on on standard specifically versus production, uh, because guys have a little bit more freedom in what they can do to guns in standard. Standard guns tend to be a little bit more finicky. Um, you, you you can take a perfectly good gun and make it an absolute mess in standard relatively easily. Uh, by trying to make it the most raciest gun that you've ever found. Uh, that's less of a problem in production because the rules are so much more limited. So you might own a 50 grand gun in standard and you might spend a lot of time trying to get that thing to work. Yeah. Uh, typically not a not a big problem in production. So, sorry, yeah, I mean, no, no, no worries. Very good point. Um, classic is, is the, the US equivalent is kind of single stack and there's also subtle differences in the rules, but classic is basically it, it, the gun needs to be a 1911 and it needs to visibly resemble a 1911 very cool division sadly it's quite a small division um you know a lot of people don't have the real estate to have 47 magazines on their belt um, <laughs> the cl classic guns as we said earlier uh, 10 round magazines for minor eight rounds for major um so you are you're shooting quite a different game in classic. It's, it, it's a little bit more of a technical game. It's a really, really nice division to shoot. Um, it, it's probably currently my second favorite division to shoot. Um, but uh, it, it's it's a smaller one. I think uh, it, it's one of those divisions that a lot of younger guys are not 1911 fans. They've they've kind of grown up shooting Glocks and CZs. They are all wrong. <laughs> Well, <laughs> this could be debated. <laughs> yeah, you're wrong. Um, Just accept it. I, I appreciate a 19 <laughs> like having a gun that works. <laughs> so classic gun, uh, once again, no comps, no optics. Uh, needs to resemble a 1911 single stack, 
one piece frame. Um, I'm going to be honest though. If if you're getting into the sport as a as a new shooter, I probably wouldn't start at classic um, because it's more technical. It's a little bit more forg- less forgiving. Uh, so when it comes to stage planning, you either need some really good classic shooters to help you, or you need to have a really good idea for a stage plan, which can get in the way of learning how to shoot the sport. My my general advice is. With what you've got, you can probably shoot production or, or, or standard minor. Start with that and, and, and see where you're going. Classic is a really cool division, and I have a gun put aside at work that one day is going to be mine. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's yeah, it's it's not something that uh, that I would start with as a general rule, um, unless you've got a really thick skin, because it can be quite challenging to to kind of get the hang of the game while trying to work out how that gun works um, and without having a lot of guys in your squad to bounce ideas off. Classic. Yeah, I know she's classic because he's country. I, yeah. I, well, I, I like 1911s a lot. Uh, classic is also really punishing uh, on on mistakes in terms of firearms handling and mistakes in, uh, in, in stage planning, where the other divisions, because you have some spare ammo and you, 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 you have more options available to you, the difference between a guy who makes a slightly bad decision and a guy who doesn't make that bad decision is not as big as the difference between the, the, the dude in classic who makes the right decision versus someone who makes a slightly worse decision or has a, a fumbled reload or something. The penalty in classic is a lot greater, which is why you see guys like me. Sometimes I shoot 90%. Sometimes I shoot nowhere near 90%. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's not really because like I, I really sucked on the day. It's just you like... I fumbled that reload and that reload fumble halved my hit factor compared to the other dude. Like, you know, you'll, you'll very rarely see someone in production running a 16 round plan. And what we mean by a 16 round plan is a, a stage plan where you're going to reload after you fired 16 rounds. Cause that's what you've got in the gun. It's very rare. It's rare to see a standard guy shooter because standard guys like to hose bullets everywhere where they run a, a, you know, a stage plan built on the capacity of their gun. Um, for Grant. You know, Except for Grant, he just hoses everything. Um, but you know, like so, class is production shooters will often plan their reloads around 13, 14 rounds, um, sometimes even less. But it's not often that they go that close to full capacity. In, in, in classic, you're very often running 11 round plans in an 11 round gun, and you're very rarely running anything less than a nine round plan in an 11 round gun. So you've got your safety margin for fill-ins on steel or fill-ins on paper or anything like that is really, really, it's thin. Um, very cool division, but as I say, it can be quite, it can be quite a punch in the face um, for a new shooter. Um, I probably wouldn't start there. Revolver, yeah, and- don't be stupid, it's 2020. Sorry. <laughs> um, going back to classic quickly, uh, I think the points that Cornet and Terry brought up make the division what it is, and that makes it very interesting and it can be an incredibly fun challenge to work with with that division in the sport. And the other thing is classic, uh, to meet the requirements of the division, uses the same size box as the standard guns. So that the, your 1911 needs to fit in that box. Um, it's a little bit easier because you're a bit restricted on what you can do to the gun, although you have quite a bit of freedom to make the gun unique and work best for you. There's also a maximum width in your mag well in classic. Yes. Um, oh, that's true. Good point. Unlike USPSA, no, you, no IPSC division has a weight limit. Um, so uh, that's not something except, that we... Except PO, PO light. light. PO Light. Sorry, you're right. PO Light. 
So but that's you, fairly new, so. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's, it's never new. happened very, in South Africa. Mm. Um, yeah. I have I've shot pure light, um, but not in South Africa. But not in South Africa. Because <laughs> you're a legend. <laughs> <laughs> so as I say, revolver, don't be stupid, fuck off. Um, should, I, should I cancel that 625 order? No, they're cool, but not for IPSC. <laughs> I played. I'm in order of 625. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those, those are kind of dumb. Revolvers mm. should be blue steel and walnut. But yeah, mm. no. Uh, no one here shoots revolver and no one cares about revolver shooters. Sorry. Buy a PCC. Um, open division is. Sorry, mm. T, I'm, I'm going to head back to Classic for a moment. Something to bear in mind with Classic is even though it looks like you have less gun than production people because you have smaller gun generally you have thinner gun you have less ammo working classic guns are expensive um which means that that's probably still not where you should start if you start the sport despite the technical challenges and being competitive there um classic guns require a lot of maintenance a lot of fiddling and uh like superstar gun manipulation not just for reloads but for all the malfunction clearing so (laughs) (laughs) That's coming from a classic shooter. I've cleared malfunctions like... (laughs) 1911s are like 1960s muscle cars as well. You either need to have a really good gunsmith or you need to be interested in working on the mechanics of your gun. Um, A probably set up 1911 will run like a stabbed rat, uh, but they're not going to be as forgiving as 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 something like a Glock of just total neglect. Um, you know, you need to keep on top of things a little bit more than you do with with sort of more modern designs. Um, you do get the best trigger in the world as uh, to make up for that. Uh, and that applies to, to the 1911s and 2011s as well in standard and, and open, which are even more finicky and less forgiving than, than the classic. Um, standard and open and classic, uh, really magazine uh, picky. Uh, so guys run into, I think, slightly more problems in standard and an open because they try and squeeze more rounds in than the magazines were technically designed for and you you create all sorts of feeding issues and things but for classic you're going to be spending if not a thousand rand you're going to be spending really close to a thousand rand for a decent magazine and you're going to need a lot of them um like a lot i think my competition belt currently i run seven mags plus an eighth in the gun so you're 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 a production gun into magazines alone before you've even started and that's assuming yeah. that you're that you're not um that you don't have spare mags you clean mags after every stage uh, that kind of stuff you're it can be an expensive division done right it is a lot of fun and i won't really trade um classic division for anything else at the moment i, I love it but bear in mind that it's it's it looks like a little gun it should be cheap it's not Bear that in mind if you do if you do choose to to approach it. A seven grand nineteen eleven with three hundred rand mags is probably not going to work for a whole match, if at all. Um, and then we have open, which is often the division people think of when they think of IPSC. Uh, you know, for a lot of people, if 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 they talk about IPSC, they picture an open gun, a race gun, um, whereas my wife likes to call them a Lego gun. Uh, and, and the basic rule with an open gun is that it has to be a pistol or handgun and it has to have a magazine shorter than 170 millimeters uh, and a minimum caliber of nine mil. Over and above that, you can pretty much do what you want. Um, You can't make it full auto, um, not on purpose, 
but <laughs> comps, dots, extended mags, giant magwells, thumb rests, trick triggers, whole, you know, little woodpecker holes everywhere. Um, open it is just that it's open. There's, there's very, very few restrictions on what you can do to the gun. Um, it's a cool division to watch. Um, watching watching good open shooters is awesome because it is the fastest and most aggressive division in the game. Um, because you've got lots of bullets, you've got a gun that shoots really, really flat. Um, you've got major scoring. Um, watching a top open shooter is a really cool thing to watch uh, to see. A lot of guys make the mistake of thinking opens easy because you've got an easy gun to shoot. Well, guess what? Everyone else in your division has an easy gun to shoot too. Um, so you've got to shoot, you've still got to shoot really, really well. And it's re it, it's particularly unforgiving. Um, and open guns as a rule run on money. Um, you know, every Lots morning what you do is you you turn your open gun over upside down and you just pour money in the mag well. Um, and if you pour enough in, it'll work. And if you don't, it won't. And sometimes if you do, it won't either because it's an open gun. Um, so super cool division, um, but also probably not the best way to start in the game. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, just because of the, the challenges of making those things work. Yeah, and, yeah, and the challenges of, of proper stage planning for open is different to all the other things. Yeah. The other things you have to consider things like reloads and, and that kind of stuff. You typically want to try and do shorter range shots if you can. Open's a little bit of a different beast. Um, you 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 effectively need to do like a handful of reloads in a in a match, if any. If that because most guys one are handful. getting yeah, one handful. Because most on guys Saturday, getting, one on Sunday. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So most guys are getting so we have a, a 32 round Max. maximum limit for minimum round count. That that's a really like mouthful. But the biggest so maximum minimum that you can minimize while maximizing. <laughs> the biggest stages typically. that you can be forced to shoot will require 32 rounds. And most of the open guys are getting like, if not 232, they're probably getting to 30 or 31 rounds. Getting no, most of them are running 28, 29 on the max. Yeah. They reload on a 32 fairly round close. stage. Fairly close. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So they, they get really close to 32, but that's the that's the, the the stage where they're going to have to reload beyond the shadow of doubt is, is the 32 round stage. Um, like a 28 round stage, lots of open guys are just going to blaze through that. Um, which means you you're you need to be super slick in terms of movement and efficiency in in movement and transitioning and things to be competitive. It's no longer firearm manipulation that's holding you back. It's your ability to go balls to the wall and not let things hold you back uh, that that makes you competitive and open. Yeah, a case of operating at the limit of human function. Mm, yep. Exactly. And if we were, to, yeah, and if we touched quickly um, in open, you can run. Um, nine millimeter parabellum as major scoring. Mm. The guys have started getting better and better with that. The guns are getting more and more reliable on it. But typically, the guys who are running major are running 38 super or 38 super comp, which is, for lack of better words, it's like a longer nine mil cartridge. So the guys are running still a nine millimeter caliber bullet, but they're achieving major scoring easier. And at the same time, they're typically going to be using quite a slow powder, if not a powder developed specifically for open guns. That's going to up the gas and allow the compensator to work. In other words, so that their gun runs a little bit better, maybe more reliably, and you have less muzzle flip and those kinds of things. So something to keep in mind as well. For the guys who are considering becoming ROs, range officers, people who, who run and score stages, um, when the open shooter walks onto the line, get the other dude to do the ROing. 
Um, <laughs> they are obnoxiously loud. Um, not not for you as a shooter. It's like shotguns. Like shotguns are, are peaceful to shoot when you're the shooter. But if you stand next to it, it's not so much fun. Open guns are that same thing. They are obnoxiously loud. And because of the, the, the pressures they generate to make the comps work with the powders that they're using, they tend to have a lot of concussive force. You can feel an open gun getting shot in your chest and things from the thumping. Uh, spectacular to watch. Stand a couple of steps back. Um, double plug. <laughs> to, to, to give you an idea, the 38 Super, the, the, the sort of closest equivalent, if, if, if you don't know it, is kind of think of, of guys shooting... 357 Magnum out of a pistol. Um, ballistically, the 38 Super loaded to major, normal major is very close to 357 Magnum factory ammo. Um, it's it's a beast. Uh, but with those comps, those guns can be shot really, really fast. Um, and there's some amazing shooters in in, in open. Um, sadly, not a lot of guys are getting into it now because it is it's quite expensive. Um, you know, it's, it's quite a it, the, the, the the, the sort of cost of entry is is quite serious, um, so it's it and it's it's a challenge to you know you've there's a division where you really really do you've got to have a backup gun, um, and oftentimes it's a good idea to have two backup guns because I know one of our, our really good senior shooters at nationals before last I think broke both his guns at the match <laughs> um, because of how you're running those things they you are accelerating where. Uh, you know, production gun will last ridiculous round counts. <laughs> Open guns will last a very long time, but you've, you're going to be wearing through parts on that pretty quickly. Uh, yeah, because they're running on the limit of mechanical function, basically. Yeah. Yep. Uh, they, they're getting pushed hard to run at what they do. And, and so, and, yeah. Selecting an open gun is, uh, is of critical, crucial importance. Uh, typically guns that were designed and built as open guns work as open guns. Um, your guns that you're taking and buying and then modifying to try and turn it into an open gun typically does not perform very well. You usually have all sorts of issues. Uh, and there are also um, sort of production or, or uh, standard guns from other manufacturers that aren't based on the 2011 platform that are being built into open guns and they don't last. Uh, things like the, uh, the, the CZ... Uh, what is it called? The checkmate. 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 They're they're not bad guns, but they're notoriously uh, prone to breakage in open. Uh, it's it's just it's really hard on guns. So pick the right guns to begin with. They might cost you a little bit more money or a lot more money to get started, but it's going to save you needing to buy two new guns that are completely different to your first attempt uh, at double the price. And you know when it when it comes to the division thing, and this is something that comes up quite often, guys say, you know, oh, they want to get into IPC and they want to shoot standard um, or, or open or classic or whatever. And my general advice is, if you're gonna if you want to start try the sport, take the gun you've got and shoot that for a bit, um, because whatever you've got is not going to stop. That's not going to be the reason you're not winning matches for a while. Um, you know, the fact that you've pitched up with. Uh, Glock 17 is not going to be why Gats is beating you. Um, it's going to no, be... No, bullshit. Gats. That's why he keeps beating me. Oh, uh, because you've got an STIH. Sorry. Sorry. Loud pot, quiet, quiet pot, loud. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, my advice is shoot the game for a while because what you'll see is you may find that you, you, you had it in your head that you wanted to shoot a particular division and you might shoot it for a bit and go, actually, 
you know, I wanted to shoot standard and you, you shoot a few matches and you go, classic looks awesome. I really like this sort of super technical stuff or, you know, open looks amazing or production looks really cool because it's super competitive. Um, and the way you shoot each division, there, there are, there are sometimes subtle, sometimes less subtle differences in how you approach a stage. Um, you know, so an, an open shooter is going to be super aggressive all the time because they have to be. Um, standard shooters, as a rule, because you're shooting a big high cap, pretty easy to shoot major caliber gun, are going to be shooting aggressively. Um, you know, there's going to be different variations between shooters, but open and standard shooters, you know, have to take quite an aggressive approach to a stage. Classic shooters, you, you, you can't not be aggressive because the, the time is going the whole time. But classic shooters, there's a lot less room for error. There's a lot less room for mistakes. You have to be a lot more technical, a lot more precise. Um, production, because you've got less capacity, because you've got, you know, than a standard gun, less, because you don't have major scoring, it's also a little bit more technical than a little bit, you know. Um, and often, oftentimes stages... Because production's so big, quite often stages have a bit of a made-for-production feel for them, which means it's less forgiving. You know, they, they run an eight-round aperture here, eight-round aperture here, and all of a sudden that's 16 rounds. And do I now reload like a classic gun, or do I chance shooting 16 rounds and hope that I don't miss the steel or anything? Uh, so it's a really good idea to, to shoot the sport before you go out and buy the gear. Um and and get a get a feeling for for what gear is going to work for you. You know, there's a decent belt. I'm a big fan of the CR Speed belts. I've I've used them since I started competing. I've got lots of them. I have no intention of changing. Um, and no matter what division you shoot, is going to work. The CR Speed mag pouches, and I'm not sponsored by them, but uh, I use. I've tried a whole lot of mag pouches. I use CR Speed mag pouches exclusively. Uh, and what's awesome about CR Speed mag pouches is if you want to shoot any division. It's the same mag pouch with a different insert. Um, I really like the CR Speed holsters. Those are slightly more likely to be um, gun specific. There's there's a degree of universality, but you know the Glock one's different to the 1911 one, sort of thing. Um, so there's some things that you know get a decent belt, get decent mag pouches, even if you're going to use sort of your you know your your pedal holster for now while you decide what you're doing. Um, but don't go out and buy a 50,000 Rand pistol and a rig and mags and all that sort of stuff and get there and go, actually, I don't want to shoot a whole lot of 40 or I don't want to shoot this or, or you know, my open gun's too loud for me or I'm getting frustrated because I don't want to spend time working on guns. I just want to shoot them. Uh, so see, see, see what about the division appeals to you before you... Uh, before you go out and spend money on stuff, if that makes sense. Mentioning the the whole lot of 40 that you don't want to shoot, or the whole lot of super comp you don't want to shoot. Uh, Ipsic, typically, I don't know if you guys covered this while I was having technical difficulties. Uh, Ipsic round counts per match tends to be a little bit higher than, than a lot of other things, than, than a lot of other sports. Uh, we shoot a lot of ammo, uh, not just in, in, in theory, at least in practice, but we shoot a lot of ammo in, in matches too. Um, you're looking at sort of, depending on the club, um, this this does vary from club to club, and I don't think there is a special uh, a specified limit for uh, for level one matches that you have to meet. Uh, but you're shooting typically 120 to 150 rounds in a club match, somewhere there. And 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 when I'm saying you're shooting that, I mean that's going to be the round count for the match. You might shoot quite a bit more than that, depending on your skill level uh, and your aggressiveness. 
um, or leagues were typically in like the 150 to 180, 190 round range, somewhere in there. Uh, nationals, you guys are going to have to help me out, but you're, you're like north of 300 mm-hmm. rounds typically. Um, typically, yeah. And then for, for level fours, you're like north of 400, 450 rounds for a match. Level fives, I have no idea because the chance of me ever being able to shoot one is limited. But I mean, you, you can probably safely bank on your, your, your north of 500 rounds for a match for that. Um, that you're actually, as a minimum, that you're going to be required to shoot. You're probably shooting more yeah, than I think, that. I think Europeans was 600 rounds, if I remember correctly. So there we go. That's that's I could be imagining things. I know for, we shoot a lot. <laughs> for for some sports, six hundred rounds is months of shooting. It's not a three day event like this is, a four day event like this is. It's 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 months of shooting. So it's really important to take caliber in combination with budget into account when you approach the sport. Uh, not because we don't want you to play in the division that you really want to play in. Uh, we 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 want everyone to play in the division that they feel most comfortable in and that they enjoy the most. But for some guys, they, they, they love standard, but they can't be competitive because they can't afford to shoot the, the, the number of rounds of 40 in matches plus have enough money to actually practice and train with that stuff. Um, you can do some cross-training with 9 mil and, and get some benefits from that to reduce the cost a bit, but you're probably going to be better off just shooting 9 uh, and being able to shoot more matches and more practice than you can with 40 just because of budget. Same thing for super comp. Uh, same thing for uh, classic major guns. 45 is expensive to shoot. Um, that's not the reason why it's not popular here. But if you do decide to approach classic major because you want to be contrary, uh, bear in mind it's going to be an expensive endeavor. Uh, worthwhile, but expensive. And then uh, you know, a couple of little things related to that. If, if the round count for the match is, is 100, 100 rounds minimum, so when the, when the entries come out, the round count's 100 rounds minimum, ideally you want to go to the match with 200 rounds. Um, you know, it's there's fill-ins. There's there's the possibility of having to reshoot a stage. Um, you know, and if you've got to reshoot a 32 round stage and you've taken 150 rounds to the 100 round match, that's a big whack of your uh, your your sort of. And I've seen guys have to reshoot a 32 round stage twice. Um, so, I, I <laughs> ideally, um, you know. Take, take sort of twice the round count. Obviously, that if you're traveling, that's more of a challenge, but you're probably not listening to this show for advice. Um, and then a, a rough idea, people sometimes may have heard of the, the sort of 3-2-1 thing in IPSC, and that's quite a, quite a nice concept. So in an IPSC match, um, we have three short courses to two medium courses to one long course. A long course is the big 32-round stage that people often think of. Um, medium courses are a maximum of 24 rounds, guys. 24. Yes, yeah. Yes. Um, so 24 round stage and you'll have two medium stages for every long stage and then a short course which is the three so there's three short courses to every long stage um, those are a, a maximum of, of 12 rounds uh, so that's once again a maximum minimum of 12 rounds um, so you're going to come across a, a variety of size stages you won't always see that in a club shoot um, some clubs like to do lots of bigger stages than that but at level three and above, at, at sort of nationals and above, you're going to have that three to one ratio, uh, which gives you a nice sort of, you know, if, if, if the stages are well designed, gives you a nice sort of balance. Um, but uh, that's just a, a little thing that people sometimes come across. Um, I think we've covered most of the sort of handgun stuff. You know, I just want to cover one more thing IPSC about hand- IPSC yeah. quickly, quick. Um, uh, uh, not IPSC, we- I'm just saying handgun. We've still got other disciplines yeah, to chat about. Sure, sure. 
Um, we haven't really covered exactly what the sport is. So it's typically an action-based shooting sport. Um, we don't have any specific courses of fire, so you'll never see the same stage. You can mix targets and paper. You'll be required to run. You'll be required to kneel prone, shoot on the move. It's an incredibly dynamic sport. So it's, it's not a static sport and it's not a repetitive sport. That's basically what IPSC is. So keep that in mind. It's not a rigid sport. It's a very dynamic, action-packed sport. And uh, it, it offers many options in terms of stage design, not just stage planning, but the, the way that the, the challenges are set to you or designed. Uh, we don't really have, we have minimum distances at which you can shoot steel, but we don't really have hard defined maximum distances, which means typically stages are, are, are well within reason. But in theory, you could get some dude who designs a stage that has an incredibly long range shot on a small little plate just to mess with everyone at the match. And th- that has happened. Uh, and you have, you have guys who, who, who run dry not just they, they, they run their gun dry, they run their like belt dry. They run out of ammo and are a- unable to complete the stage because of a technical challenge that's been posed that they can't meet at that stage. Um, that's one of the reasons that makes IPSC really fun to shoot is you don't always know what the challenge is that's going to be set for you. And because it ranges so much from super fast, super aggressive, up close, all the way to really far away, really high accuracy standard, um, you need to, if you're going to be super competitive, you need to be a well-rounded shooter. Uh, you can't just focus on, I'm going fast or I'm shooting really accurately. You, you need to have a good balance of those. And sometimes to the extreme, like I said, small plates at 35 meters uh, has happened. And like at one of the leagues, we had small plates. I think we had five or six small plates in a row at, at UFS uh, that were shot prone at 35 meters. So you're lying on your, on your, on your stomach shooting plates at 35 meters. and uh, that was a unique challenge. Not everyone liked it, but uh, it certainly separated people who could shoot 35 meters from, from the people who couldn't. And then while, while generally people think of IPSEC as a handgun sport, it's not just a handgun sport. Uh, there's, there's a whole lot of other disciplines covered within IPSEC. Uh, the newest and fastest growing one is PCC, pistol caliber carbine, uh, which is, is just that. It's a, it's a long gun, a rifle, but chambered for a pistol caliber. Um, and that uh, that's that's quite a new kid on the block, but it's growing really fast. It's a lot of fun. It's 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 a you know cleverly designed stages there. It's fast and and and, and aggressive, and and you've got a gun that's easy to shoot. But once again, everyone else has got a gun that's easy to shoot as well. Uh, so uh, and uh, <clears throat> quick plug: Eastern Carter and Practical Shooting Association will be hosting South Africa's first standalone Level Three PCC match in September. I think twenty sixth and twenty seventh in twenty twenty. Corona and government willing. Um, PCC's part of the appeal for PC, of PCC, uh, you know, over sort of more rifle based disciplines is it costs the same to shoot as a as a pistol, so your ammo costs the same as, as, as any other handgun, and nine mils kind of the de facto caliber for PCC because it makes power factor. Um, and the guns are, you can spend a lot of money on a PCC gun, you can spend a little bit of money on a, a PCC gun, um, but it's probably, it, it, it really is cheaper to get into than a decent open gun, um, unless you go the whole hog. Uh, you can get a reasonable PCC gun for a reasonable amount of money. Uh, and those are, you've got a 32 round magazine capacity limit. Um, aside from that, 
you're quite wide open as to what you can do to the guns. Uh, so that, that's a lot of fun. Uh, then we have uh, the, the sort of, I don't know if you guys want to say anything about PCC. So for the guys who are PCC curious, um, at the moment at least, I don't know if this is going to change in the future, but I have a sneaking suspicion at all. At the moment, shooting your guns in like a Roni or a conversion kit is legal. So if you're if you're curious and you can't justify buying a PCC outright, um, or you're curious but not sold on the concept yet, but you have a Roni, uh, those are something like a Roni. Those are currently legal, uh, which which is highly appealing for some guys because he can shoot his 17 in production one weekend and he can shoot his 17 in Roni next weekend in in PCC, which is it's really appealing. You can use the same belt that you use. You can use the same magazines. I mean, you wouldn't want to between production and PCC, but you can. Um, it, it's. I suspect that it's going to be massive in the future. It's probably going to outweigh uh, IPSC rifle. Oh, yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not IPSC open rifle because that's a different discipline for guys who like shooting at a little bit more distance and things. And we'll get into that in a moment. But like standard rifle and things, it's cheaper. It's faster. It's probably more fun. Um, PCC is going to be big. Big thing with PCC as well is your, your range of are a, a lot simpler. So once again, the difference between USPSA and IPSC. In USPSA, PCC is a division. So you, you shoot open, open single stack, limited production, PCC all in the same match. Um, for us, PCC is a separate discipline. Um, what has happened here, and I think a lot of players is, is they've allowed guys to shoot PCC at pistol matches while it um, gathers ground. But the idea is eventually that it's supposed to be a standalone division. Um, but because of the nature of the gun, you you don't need the same range requirements as a as a rifle. Um, you know, from from a safety point of view, the the fallout and all of that. You know, the 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 backstops and that don't need to be quite the same. They need to be pistol backstops and and pistol fall off area, uh, fallout area. Um, the steel you can use pistol steel. You can have it at pistol steel distances. So it's a lot easier to to find. If you've got pistol rated bays, you can run PC, like good PCC matches. Whereas a rifle requires a lot more. You know, rifle shooters they 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 expect longer stages. They expect that sort of challenge, and and that a lot of ranges just can't offer you a three hundred meter shot in the middle of a stage, uh, which I think is is one of the appeals for 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 PCC. Uh, besides the cost, and it's just it's a fun division. Yep. Yes. No, PCC is covered for me. See, uh, Gaz is just Gaz has little interest in PCC. He's yeah, shooting yeah. forty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but if we move over onto the IPSC rifle side of things, that's now uh, a very different discipline. Um, that one we are seeing slightly lower hit factors with that sport. It is much more accuracy quite a bit based. Lower. Well, yeah, quite a bit lower. Um, it is much more accuracy based if i could put it that way but at the same time it appears to me as though it's a more physical sport so the guys are going prone more often they're getting put in awkward positions more often um so that that's got a, a different balance on its own um and it and it can definitely be an interesting game to play um the guys are also shooting their rifles out to fairly far i think at some of the world shoots if not here locally at nationals the guys are shooting out to 400 meters if not further i think 300 yeah. meters generally here yeah yeah I've, I've heard some 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 further shots than that being required at higher level matches not here but oh, yeah, in europe guys are shooting really long range 
Well, not we're not like talking PRS long range or busy long range, but I mean relative for running around with an AR in two two three, um, trying to be fast. It's they, they shoot quite a bit of distance. Uh, they're the standard guys are running iron sights. Yep, yes, at those distances. So rifle also has different uh, divisions. We won't go into a huge amount of details, but there's there's sort of semi-auto open, which is the sky's the limit. You can have four hundred bipods and um, drum mags and, and optics. Yeah, uh, standards a little bit more limited with regards to things like uh, you need to have iron sights. You can't have bipods, that sort of thing. Then there's manual divisions as well, and manual. Um, I think it's manual open and manual standard, and um, which is is for countries where you can't have semi-auto rifles or people who don't, you know, who want to shoot bolt actions or lever actions or pump actions or anything like that. As a general rule, um, here the two big divisions it's opens the biggest division, um, semi-auto open, followed by semi-auto standard, um, and uh, generally. It, Majority of guys you're going to see are going to be shooting a, a an AR-15 style rifle. Um, they are there is also major and minor scoring. Um, power factor is a little bit different. It's 150 and 320, um, but so basically two, three, and 308. Uh, but the vast majority of guys that we see shooting are, are shooting minor with the two, two, threes. Uh, less recoil, less cost. The guns are, are lighter and easier to deal with. Um, bear in mind with all of these divisions. IPSC does not do multi-gun or three-gun shooting. So while there are the grand tournament, which is will be handgun, shotgun, rifle, um, where they combine three match scores together, um, you, you're not going to shoot rifle, handgun, and shotgun or any combination of those three in the same stage. Um, so you'll shoot a rifle match or a pistol match or a shotgun match. Um, so that's something to bear in mind. It's Three gun is a different thing, and and it's not it's not part of the IPSC sort of discipline. So the um, for PCC and gun and rifle, the the challenges are, are pretty much the same. Uh, I don't know if you ever shoot plates and rifle. No, maybe you do. Yeah, no, just I think the minimum distance is fifty meters off the top of my head. I could be wrong, but I think it's fifty meters. You're, it's you're still you're still shooting a, a a lot of paper targets with scoring zones um, for for all of those disciplines. Shotgun being the notable exception to that. Now, shotgun does have, we're sort of skipping maybe away from rifle, maybe we should finish rifle. But so the other sports you're, you're shooting a lot, or the majority of what you're shooting mostly is, is paper with scoring zones. In shotgun, you're mostly shooting steel plates, uh, poppers and that, that sort of stuff. Um, and then you might have a stage or two or three uh, in some matches where you're shooting paper, but that's not the rule in that's the exception in, in shotgun rather than the rule. You're not shooting a substantial amount of scoring zone-based stuff. You're shooting a lot of targets really fast with penalties for hitting no, no shoots and that kind of stuff. Derek is, is, is quite the shotgun beast. He knows that he is. sport pretty well. I'm going to let him take over from there. So, so yes. shotgun, and I'm not biased, but IPC shotgun is the pinnacle of dynamic shooting and everything else pales in comparison to the awesomeness that is IPC shotgun. Um, gospel of the gate exactly so <laughs> hashtag ipstick shotgun once again different divisions there's open guns for people who are wrong and want to shoot magazine fed shotguns um there's a division for p pump actions uh there's standard which is uh, sort of 
tube-fed semi-automatic shotguns and modified, which is tube-fed semi-automatic shotguns with dots and comps and a few more rounds in them. Um, shotgun is a, it's quite different from the rest of the sport in that it's, it's very unforgiving. You know, outside of open, you are loading those rounds by hand. Um, so with a pistol where I might, even in classic, go, shit, I'm going to stick a reload here and get eight more rounds in the gun. Um, with a shotgun, you are loading, outside of open, you are loading every round. So the ideal sort of situation, it generally doesn't happen like this, but the ideal sort of situation in shotgun is when you fire the last round at the last target on that stage, that that's the last round in your gun. Um, that, as I say, it doesn't always happen like that, but that's kind of the best balance of, of, of how you've loaded the gun. As Cornet says, lots of steel. Um, and in shotgun, what we have is we have... Um, Buckshot stages, birdshot stages, and slug stages. So as a general rule, especially in a club shoot, most of what you shoot is going to be birdshot, and, and pretty much all of that is going to be either on steel or occasionally on clays, either stationary or swinging or, or throwing clays. Um, that's that's the majority of the sport. And, and there, there's an interesting sort of facet there, understanding your pattern when they put a no-shoot target almost touching um, a shoot target, and you've got to get that target down as quickly as you can without shooting the no-shoot. Because everyone knows with a shotgun, you can't miss. Yes. And remember, exactly. that includes no-shoots. Until <laughs> they shoot a shotgun match and realize how much you can miss with a shotgun. They miss a lot, but they hit all those <laughs> things that they shouldn't be using. <laughs> um, buckshot stages are generally on, scored on paper, either sort of the normal IPC target you know, or there's a little A4 target. Um I really like buckshot. A lot of guys don't like it. Um, and that'll generally be limited to nine pellet buckshot. So sort of um, what Americans call double O um, and, and what we here call SG, the Italians call 11-0 or slash zero. So it'll be nine pellets or less in the, in the shell. Um, and they score your best two on, on every target. Um, and the interesting and thing like, with the best two is it's not your best two shots. It's your best two holes. Yeah, so best two pellets. We, we typically fire, where in all the other disciplines, you're firing two rounds per target. In shotgun, you're typically firing one round per target, as long as you don't stuff it up. Um, and then slug stages are just that. You're shooting slugs. Um, that'll sometimes be on paper, sometimes be on steel at distance. Um, that uh, is, as a general rule on paper, slugs is one on paper. Sometimes they do two on paper, um, which sometimes breaks people's noodles. Uh, obviously, Shotguns score major because they're shotguns. Um, power factor there is 480 because they're shotguns. Um, so shotgun is, it's one of those things that are, and, and this is just a little personal editorializing for me. A lot of people seem to think shotguns all about loading. And I've had people say, oh, shotgun's just about loading. It's not about shooting. And it's just about who can load the best. And that's completely untrue. Um, you need to be able to, if you're shooting outside of, of open, you need to be able to quad load. You need to be able to load your gun relatively efficiently, which is a basic gun handling skill like we do with all our other guns in all the other divisions. Um, what shotgun is really unforgiving on is is accuracy because of the penalty you have for missing. Um, you know, fill in shot with a shotgun when you're loading those rounds one at a time. And in a division like standard where you start with nine rounds in the gun and a short course can be a nine-round stage, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, if you've got to pop a reload there, that's going to take time. Um, you know, no matter how fast you are, loading shotgun is slower than loading, loading a pistol. Uh, so... But shotgun is very much about who who shoots their gun the best and who understands 
the mechanics of that. So like with a rifle, you need to understand your trajectory, so you need to know where to aim at 300 meters. With a shotgun, you need to understand your pattern, and you need to understand how much pattern you, you know, where you need to aim at five meters, 10 meters, or 20 meters, so as to not hit a no-shoot with, with buck or, or, or bird. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm only slightly biased about shotgun, but it is the best thing in the world. Shotgun has some of the same uh, complexities that classic has for handguns mm. uh, in that the the punishment you take for messing up manipulations on your gun or for messing up shooting a target is substantially more like Derek said you're you're probably you you probably don't have extra ammo in the gun that you're planning on using for that makeup shot that you can do with lots of other sports lots of other divisions in in ipsic uh shotgun if you're shooting a a a tube fed gun you need to be usually pinpoint accurate with within the the confines of your pattern but but pinpoint accurate uh, at speed with solid firearm manipulation because the difference between like guys fully loading their shotgun in four seconds and you taking seven seconds to do the same thing that's a significant drop in hit factor um and it's not about the guys who can reload the fastest, like Tarek said, um, but reloading helps because if you mess up, you, you've got a better chance of recovering if you have a, a slick reload. But if you shoot accurately and you plan well, hopefully you won't need that extra reload. Uh, and there's, there's much more value in not needing that extra reload than there is in doing a really slick reload that you didn't need. And, and on the loading thing, because it is something that comes up about shotgun all the time, um, you can learn how to load twins, so load two rounds at a time in about 10 minutes. Uh, you can learn to reload quads, so four rounds at a time, uh, really, really well in two weeks. Um, and that's a skill you can dry fire completely. Uh, you know, you, you can dry fire your shotgun reloading um, and get huge amounts of, uh, of reps in. So don't let people talking crap, and it's generally people who don't shoot shotgun or don't understand shotgun, tell you um, what shotgun is. Uh, it... it it's uh, it's it's not just a loading competition, and loading's part of it. It's easy to learn. Um, you know, loading's part of shooting pistol. Um, and if you're taking three times as long to load as everyone else, that's going to reflect in your score. Uh, shotgun's no different. You just your technique of loading is slightly more complicated. It also and I, tends and to. I can sort of I can sort of back that up. Um, I was of the, let me give you my story. I was of the opinion that shotgun was loading based. If you couldn't load, you couldn't compete. And then you sort of realize that it's part of the the sport. It's it's like handgun. There's certain skills you learn that you learn because you need to be able to do it in the sport. So Tarek loaned me a rig um, for quad loading and I spent about an hour learning and sort of starting to understand the techniques of quad loading. And by the end of that hour, I could consistently quad load it wasn't pretty it wasn't fast but i could quad load which is already a step up Mm. like Tarek said spend a bit of time learning twins then move on to quads spending a little bit of time on it and you'll learn it fairly quickly it's it's not a it's not a train smash at all i learned how to quad load at the nationals (laughs) yeah it's not a train smash at all i i attempted to learn how to quad load during a match um let's just say when there's more shotgun ammo on the floor (laughs) <laughs> and there is shotgun ammo for your gun. Um, maybe you should have practiced that before you got to the match. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm much better at it now. <laughs> Still not great, but I'm much better at it now. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, Gaz is a great example. And while we haven't yet properly converted him to the gospel of the gauge, 
he has gone from someone who kind of fobbed shotgun off as the stupid thing he had no interest in to um, at least expressing some interest. I mean, his parents are clever and know about shotgun. Him, less so much. Mm-hmm. Shotguns are great yeah. fun. They really are. And they, they tend to separate the, the guys with great technique from the guys who don't have great technique. And I don't mean in terms of, uh, of, of loading and, and slick gun manipulations. The guys who know how to shoot shotguns shoot shotguns as fast as some dude shoot pistols, yeah. despite all the recoil and stuff. Like the guys who can shoot shotguns can shoot shotguns. The guys who think they can shoot shotguns get beaten to pieces by their guns because they're doing silly things when they're, they're trying to shoot stuff. Um, and, and it shows. You, you can see when someone's having their first shotgun match, um, that's the dude who's looking really sore, really uncomfortable and is getting knocked around all the time. But in short order, they, they typically learn how to, how to do that better. And uh, you go for, for some training with someone who is actually, you know, sort of half almost competent in shooting shotguns. Terry. Uh, <coughs> oh, Terry. Um, you'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll learn some excellent techniques and how to, how to do that. And I mean, you can shoot semi-auto shotguns fast enough that a lot of people's jaws will drop. Like, so when you can, the other th- shotgun really has a great dynamic. Um, it's got such a an interesting balance between technique, accuracy, power speed, all the things that we like about IPSC, um, which really makes it even more interesting. One of the other things that I, I'm really fond of about shotgun, uh, open excluded, we shouldn't really call that shotgun, but the gadgets in shotgun are amazing. You don't need them to be competitive. You can shoot shotgun without all the fancy gadgets, but the difference between a good rig for quad loading and a bad rig for quad loading is substantial. Um, the difference between a, a, a good um, match saver and something that someone has just jerry-rigged onto their gun is massive. Uh, things like an option three loader is shotgun. And I, I understand that most of the people who are listening to this podcast have no reference to what those things are. And unfortunately, we can't show you because this is audio only podcast. But some of the gadgets are absolutely ingenious in an attempt to gain time over competitors. And I, I find that fascinating. It, it's not... It's not really a thing in the pistol sports. Um, there might be some of it in the in the rifles. I, I'm I don't have much experience in rifle. I think I've shot one rifle match ever. So <laughs> I, I shouldn't be talking about rifle, but uh, the 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 gadgets and things that are available and the way that people are gaming in shotgun is spectacular. And we're here for the gaming, so I like it. You, you probably and, and once again, I'm only slightly biased. Ipswich shotgun shooters are probably some of the most passionate. Ipswich shooters about their discipline. Um, and often there's there's very little, uh, there's not a lot of bitchiness in the sport in general, but at a shot at a big shotgun match, there's even less. Um, you know, the, 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 it's a really nice bunch of guys and, and there's a really nice sort of spirit of sportsmanship and, and that sort of thing. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I just I can't recommend a Ipsic shotgun enough. But before we go on another dive, another three hours about how awesome shotgun is, there's also mini rifle. Mini rifle is a really cool discipline that just hasn't unfortunately taken off that well here. Um, and it's, for want of a better term, it's PCC with two twos. Um, it's, uh, it predates PCC. Um, it's a really cool division. What is, Gaz, what are you doing? I just bumped the knock, uh, Mike. Um, (laughs) Exactly. Uh, But unfortunately, it's just, it hasn't really 
gained the the ground that um, PCC has as as quickly, which is a pity. And then there's Action Air, and we will say nothing more of that. Um, I think that's we're, we're not going to discuss Action Air. I think one of the main reasons why um, Mini Rifle hasn't really taken off is partly because no one's really holding matches specifically for that because there isn't enough people shooting it to to really justify that. And there isn't enough people shooting it because licensing a 2.2 semi-auto is as much work as licensing a 2.2.3 rifle. There's a big difference in, in, in operating cost, but it's the same effort as doing that. It's the same effort as licensing a PCC. And personally, out of those, I'd rather have a PCC than a mini rifle. Uh, well, I, I find them to be... To be uh, well, yeah, we're not going to talk about that right now. I don't think uh, you can you can rip me off when it doesn't work or if it doesn't work. <laughs> I was actually not um, ripping you off. I was just going to point out your recent PCC ness. I I have purchased a PCC uh, that I will hopefully have licensed by the time that the the, the PCC level three rolls around. But we we shall see. Um, Congratulations, Cord. Thank you. I will be shooting that match one way or the other. Uh, whether I can shoot it with my own equipment or not is, is is up for debate, but I will be there. We will be shooting. Heard weird things about your equipment. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did they tell you that it's 16 inches long and sort of dark in color? In, inches are the long uh, American ones. Millimeters are the ones we use here. Oh, um, oh, oh. 16, oh. yeah. <laughs> Five inches. <laughs> <laughs> I always confuse those. They're really difficult to tell apart. I suppose that before we wrap this up, we should maybe revisit a portion of rifle. I don't have much rifle experience, but I think we we sort of glossed over rifle. Um, I, we should probably mention some of the gadgets that uh, that people use in open. Or uh, I suppose that you could do it in PCC too. It's just less advantageous. But guys will run on on their open semi-auto rifles for for IPSC rifle. They will run a variable power optic on top. Some of the guys will run a red dot, uh, one times magnification or no magnification, left and right of that so that they can shoot around barriers on on either side. They'll run, some guys are running two or three different bipods in a single stage, depending on, on the requirements. Um, it is a, again, I don't have a lot of experience shooting it, and the match that I did shoot was technically a PCC match with rifles, really close range, really fast. Uh, but what I've seen from IPSC rifle is uh, at the top of the, the sport, it can be really gear intensive, sort of similar to uh, to open in the handgun side where you need a rifle that works, so. but there's a lot of equipment over and above just the gun that, that, that comes into play. I think it's even more gear intensive than the than, uh, handgun open is. Uh, Would agree, yeah. Yep. Those bipods are expensive. Like optics are expensive. Good optics are expensive. Um suppose having a spare rifle if you're at the top of your game isn't a bad idea and I mean, you're talking money there uh, you know good trigger i mean i i saw um uh, yesterday someone was advertising timney triggers at nine and a half grand um that's just for the trigger yep. uh, so i think for most shooters especially here um they're going to get into epsic through handgun um, I, almost everyone i know um that's how they've they've gotten into it because it's it, there's more matches you know you can uh, sort of uh, outside of the rona um you can generally find an ipsic ma- pistol match almost every weekend of the year uh, 
rifle and shotgun matches are a lot harder to find. Part of the appeal of PCC is because places have allowed it in, in, um, uh, in pistol matches. There's a, there's a lot more PCC happening than, than the others. Unfortunately, there's less rifle and shotgun. Um, and because of our legislation here, uh, you know, getting restricted firearms, so semi-auto long guns, PCCs, semi-auto rifles, semi-auto shotguns, you've got to be involved in a sport as it is. Uh, you've got to be a dedicated sportsman anyway. So it's not often that people get in on those. Um, and it's probably not, I would suggest starting with a pistol discipline, even, even if your primary interest is something else. It makes sense to start with a pistol discipline because you can get that match practice, that match experience, um, and the and the understanding of what you do before you start uh, you start messing around with with other disciplines um, in in the sport. Yeah, the, the sport rules are typically the same or very very similar. Um, so, like safety rules are pretty much the same between all the disciplines. Um, there, there might be differences in in the conditions in which you can have firearms and things, but um, yeah, like p- pistol, you're going to be in a holster. Long gun, you're going to have a chamber flag. And, yeah, um, but the, the safety rules are are basically one for one, basically. So if you if you learn the safety rules, uh, I, I don't mean really the 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 carrying of equipment outside of the shooting, but if you learn the shooting safety rules that are applicable for pistol, you're in good state for PCC, mini rifle, rifle, shotgun. Um, if you learn how to properly plan stages in handgun you're off to a really good start for PCC mini rifle rifle, um, maybe to a slightly lesser degree for, for a shotgun, but that knowledge is going to help accelerate you learn the shotgun specifics um, and efficient movement. Like movement is a, is a, we had that on the podcast on our last episode. Um, movement is a, is a ginormous thing in, in IPSC and being efficient and fast and aggressive is important. That's a lot easier to learn with a handgun because they're a lot easier to maneuver around barricades and things. With shotguns, they're typically quite long, especially if you have an extended mag tube and things on them. Figuring out how to get those things around close barriers and things can take some some work, um, which you can learn easily. But if you've learned how to be super aggressive to begin with, with a, with a handgun that's easier to move around, you're going to be a lot faster running the shotgun around those same corners and things than, than someone who's trying to learn with a long gun as opposed to something that's easier to, to manipulate. Um, it's also cheaper to shoot um, regardless of which uh, uh, handgun discipline you shoot. It's going to be cheaper to shoot than shotgun or uh, rifle in volume or practice. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Is, Anything uh, we, else, guys? No, I'm happy with what we've covered. We are glad that you are happy. Our goal was to make you happy. Thank you very much. That's, we, 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 we're here to please. <laughs> Not everyone, just guess, but we're here to please. So if you have questions, if 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 any of this didn't make sense, um, one of the things you need to do is to go to matches because it'll make more sense, but I know that's a challenge at the moment. Um, send us questions. Once again, remember the Thursday Q&A show, we need questions to make that work. So on our Facebook group or the Facebook page, send us questions there. Um, you know, uh, there's an email address that Cornell put in the show notes. If you want to send questions there, send us the question, you know, let us know what doesn't make sense. Let us know what, what, what you want to discuss. Uh, remember we've got the Facebook group. We've got the way of the gun group uh, where we can interact with you. And we really like it if you guys take part. So please come join the group and answer all three questions. 
There's the page as well, the Welcome to the Gun Show page, so please follow that. And there's the defensor.co.za. Forum.defensor.co.za, yeah. Forum.defensor.co.za forum, um, which uh, is a little bit quiet at the moment, but the thing that makes forums busy is people posting in them. So if you want to make the forum busy, post in the forum. Uh, please, guys, there's, there's all sorts of avenues to getting in touch with us. Uh, Cornet posts videos all the time. There's Gaz's YouTube page as well, um, which is not way of the uh, Welcome to the Gun Show branded, but uh, there's a lot of good info there. So use those those mediums, mediums, medias. Use those things to get hold of us and ask us the questions, or tell us how awesome we are or not awesome we are, uh, so that we can we can try and give you a decent show. Yeah, apparently we're we're improving. I had some feedback, uh, I think yesterday, someone who uh, trying to order a Kita book and uh, came back and he said, thanks, the show is very entertaining and the delivery is getting better. Um, I'm not sure if he's, I'm not sure if he's drunk when he's listening and as a result, it gets better as it keeps going. Or we're drunk when we're making it. So it would make sense. Yeah, I mean, it would make sense. (laughs) (laughs) Says the dude who has coffee in his hand right now. (laughs) Oh, Terry, I have coffee in my hand. He does not. I, I have water in my hand, bitch. Yeah, he's going to rust. <laughs> Stainless steel doesn't rust. <laughs> uh, all evidence to the contrary, dude. <laughs> it's 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 stainless, not stain never. Yes. Yeah. My intelligence mate always likes to point out. <laughs> uh, all right. Shall we, uh, shall we wrap this one up? Yeah. Later, losers. <laughs>